Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Bible records a man tonight that has a different spirit. He has another spirit and because of that he's a different kind of man. He's unlike other men. There's something unusual about this man's spirit that makes him different. He has a different view of life and this set him apart, but it gave him this incredible favor with God. I want to tell you tonight, having the right spirit can give you incredible favor with God. I want to minister tonight Caleb, a man with a different spirit. Numbers 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Verse 38. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive of the men who went out to spy the land. In Joshua 14, we pick up the story, verse number 6. Forty years has passed now. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. The Kenesites said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me, in Kadesh Barnum. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnum to spy out the land. I brought back a word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty-five years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, now here I am this day, eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, snow now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him. Gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, 
the son of Jephthah, the Kenesite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. The name of Hebrew formerly called Karjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. Caleb, a man with a different spirit. Father, we come tonight by the blood of Jesus. I pray, God, that you instruct this people tonight by truth and spirit. God, I pray, give them revelation that they might apply their life, that they might be fashioned and formed into your likeness and image. God, save the lost, I pray. Encourage your people. Strengthen us, God, for the hour in which we live. I thank you for all you're doing in this place, in this people. I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. What is a different spirit tonight? When God makes this statement, we need to ask the question, different from who and what? And so to understand that, we looked at the setting of this statement. There were 12 spies. These were sent as an excursion into the promised land. They're on a mission for God. They spent 40 days viewing their inheritance. They would have saw the same things. They would have had the same promise from God. Now they're walking in the same experience in the same land. This land that truly flows with milk and honey. But ten spies had a total different response. In other words, there was something in their heart and in their spirit that when they viewed this, their perspective was different than Caleb's. The Bible says in chapter 13 and Numbers verse 32, they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. They said it's a land that devours its inhabitants. All the men we saw are men of great stature, they're giants. We are like grasshoppers in our own sight and in their sight. The people in the land are strong. The cities are walled and fortified. And oh yes, the land flows with milk and honey. And here's this huge proof of this massive grape zone. But it's amazing how people can go through the same thing at the same time, possibly even live in the same house, attend the same church, face the same possibilities of future, go through the same problems, and yet when this experience filters through their spirit of unbelief or bitterness, their perspective is forget it. There's no hope. Caleb's spirit was so unique, God says it's different than your peers. What about your spirit tonight? What does God say about your spirit? Because a bad spirit, here we see these ten spies, is highly contagious. It's amazing to me. You can put a handful of people in a room and... You can put a person in there who has a bad spirit and that bad spirit has incredible influence. I've talked uh, uh, several times to Pastor Mitchell over the years. It's amazing. 
You can preach in a congregation, there may be three, four hundred people, but there's one family, especially if they're a long-term family, and have some influence, uh, and they have a bad spirit. That one family spirit um, uh, seems to be more potent than, in, uh, you know, uh, 290 other people with the right spirit. This is true in music groups. It's true on a platform. Um, uh, you can have p- five people have this wonderful spirit, one with a bad spirit, and it will sour the whole practice um, or the entire ministry. In our text, uh, in 14 verse 1, it said, All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept all night. This is almost beyond belief. Um, Here these ten come back, and from their report, it says the whole congregation wept and lifted up their voice all night long. Watch how this thing takes on a life uh, of its own. It's like an emotional forest fire. 1427, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had died in the wilderness. Now think of this. This thing has gone over the edge. It's off the wire. And you must realize this is more than words. Um, This is spirit involved. It says all of Israel. Children of Israel, the whole congregation, this thing, this contamination is spreading. Listen to what they're saying. Better we had died in Egypt. Better we had died in the wilderness. Verse 37, why has the Lord brought us to the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children shall become victims or slaves. Um, oh, uh, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And in Joshua 14, 18, it says the heart of the people melted. As these people begin to speak this, as this spirit begin to ravish through, something in the heart of people begin to melt. Where once there was faith, where once there was courage, uh, where once there was hope for the future, for, where there's inheritance and destiny and the possibilities of God, uh, this begins to melt and decay. And it's all because of this spirit. We see this spirit begin to play out in life, in relationship with God and relationship with people. In other words, their view of God and His goodness on their behalf is now tainted. They said He brought us out to kill us. Why has the Lord brought us to this land? Now, because of this spirit uh, that's at work in their heart, they hate the will of God. They begin to despise the very place God has placed them. Um, What God is doing in their life is no longer of value. All the miracles are totally forgotten. The parting of the Red Sea, the manna from heaven, the deliverance from Egypt, the bondage of slavery. This bad spirit has a Effectively remove from their memory all that God has done. I want to tell you, a bad spirit is deadly in your relationship with God. Now they're tainted concerning the goodness of God. Everything God has done for you or wants to do for you is now filtered through this blurred perspective of your spirit. How you view God is now tainted. Watch now 
how they view Moses and Aaron and Joshua, Joshua and Caleb. Verse 2, they complained against Moses and Aaron. See, when you have a bad spirit, anyone who represents God becomes your target of your tongue. Trust is shattered. What Moses and Aaron had done for these people, they had done nothing but be a blessing. They would still be slaves if not for Moses. But that means nothing now. You see, when your spirit gets in this condition, all of life now begins to be filtered through that. All the congregation, they're talking about Caleb and Joshua, said, stone them with stones. Why did they want to stone Caleb and Joshua? Because they have a different spirit. Caleb and Joshua didn't agree with what the ten spies were saying. They begin to say, you're wrong. Listen, this is a good land. It's a land of milk and honey. And our God, He's promised us. uh, He's well able to give us that land. Uh, We know there's giants in what, but God, God has given us a promise. He's faithful. But when you have a bad spirit, you ever notice when your spirits foul, how people are full of faith? And vision. Those are they're excited about what God's they agitate the fire out of you. Amen. Said in verse 9, only Caleb says, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the Lamb, for the Lord is with us. See, when your spirit's not right, that different spirit, that right spirit becomes your target. Listen, listen to me, listen. When you lose faith for your future you will always begin to glorify the past. When the future begins to fade, the past will begin to speak loud and clear and call you once again. Listen what they said, 14 verse 4. They said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. This has got to be breaking God's heart. I wonder if God said, Egypt... I can't believe you said Egypt, that place of slavery where you were despised. You were stripped of any dignity. You were violated. You were abused. You were a slave. You were in bondage. That place of shame and death. And you want to return to, I wonder what God was feeling and saying about now. You know, it's the same thing today when you want to return to the world. That place of hopelessness. You want to go back to the old life because you lose vision for the future of what God wants to do. Those memories begin to take on resurrection power. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? Can you feel? It was so bad God wanted to destroy them right here. God said, Moses, I'm going to wipe them all out and start over with you and me. And Moses intervened. But you, you, out of that you get a feeling. And you need to understand God is a person. He's not a stone or a statue somewhere. You can move the heart of God. You can grieve the heart of God. By what comes out of your mouth and out of your heart. Here are these people. God had done incredible miracles. Fed them with man.
manna from heaven parted the Red Sea, defeated their enemies. He has a future and a destiny waiting. And they're talking about turning back. The problem after 400 years of slavery, you don't know how to be free. I pastor people sometimes. They've been a slave so long they can't believe they're free. It's easier to act like a slave than someone who's been set free. Going back seems easier sometimes than pressing forward. How many ever been there? It seems easier to be like I used to be than to fight for what I can be. I knew what was expected of me back there. I don't have a clue about this promised land. I knew how to be carnal. I knew how to be worldly. I knew how to be fleshly. A sinner, I can do that. But to live free in this promised land, I'm not so sure. One of the reasons I didn't get saved for some time, probably six, eight months, my wife's gloriously saved, is I went to church a few times. I said, I I can't do that. Doing what I was doing, partying and carrying on, at that point seemed easier than trying to walk into that inheritance. And so in some ways you can understand these people. God's saying, look, I have this for you. But they've been living in slavery. Their parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncle, everybody they know is hooked on something. And you're saying I can be free? But Caleb was a man with a different spirit. Listen, it's in the crisis of life that reveals what spirit you're of. See, I don't believe when Moses chose these 12 spies, he said, yeah, you know, I, these 10, I, chose, but I knew all along they had a bad spirit. I was waiting for it to come out. How I many you know? See, I don't believe he did. I believe when he looked at these 12, he had no clue. In other words, many times when you look at the outward of an individual You cannot measure their spirit. When they begin to come back and spew their criticism and their unbelief, I believe Moses was shocked. But you see, it's hard to evaluate your spirit when everything's going well. There's no problems, no pressure, no demands. It's when you face the giants, the obstacles, the difficulties, the demands of faith, when demons are tormenting you and you're going to have to cross over into the unknown, a place you've never been with God before. When you're at that place where God is demanding change, He says, listen, I'm going to change you. I'm going to take you into an inheritance. But I'm demanding some things of you. And it's going to take faith to cross over. The heat's on. If you're going to build something for God. If you're going to do something for God. Now you have to face some things. That you've never faced before. Things inside of you. At that point. We can tell what kind of spirit you have. 
when the heat's on, the pressure's on. There's difficulty. There's problems. Things aren't running smooth. Uh, there's agony of soul sometimes. God has got His hand on you. And there's pressure. And there's difficulty in life. At that point is when a person reveals their spirit. It's in these places you're exposed. Places of difficulty and demands. Hardships. Places of assaults. You see, what constitutes Caleb's spirit here? We need to look. What makes him so different? 1424, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. Joshua 14, 8, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. 9, because you have wholly followed the Lord. This word fully and wholly means completely. I completely, nothing was held back. Everything was surrendered. I had no reserves and no regrets. There's no, I didn't put any limitations on God's call and God's demand. I didn't try to cut deals and compromise. It's a picture of a ship during the those days and every sail is up and the wind is full bore the bellows this ship and it's tilting almost tipped over and it's streaming full bore that's a picture of Caleb and how he served God that's a different spirit I want to tell you this will give you tremendous favor with God as we will see God looked at these 12 spies he looked at a nation And he says, here's a man in the midst of all this complaining and unbelief uh, in fear. He has a different spirit. He also spoke up for God when it wasn't popular. 1330, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once, take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. They retaliated and then in 14, 6 through 9, Caleb tore his clothes. There was passion for God. He said, it's an exceedingly good land. The Lord delights in us. Then he will bring us into this land and give us to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. The Lord is with He stood against those with the wrong spirit. If you're going to have a right spirit, There's times in your life you're going to have to stand against a bad spirit and you'll not be popular. You'll be in the minority. Here is Caleb. He's in a horrible minority. An entire nation of adults and there's him and Joshua. But you see, what made his spirit so different was here was a man. He fully followed God. He's not cutting deals and compromise. And he stood with passion for what he knew was right. He stood for God. He dared to believe God for his inheritance and his portion. But you know what's so unusual to me about this? He didn't allow 40 years to sour his spirit. Now imagine, he's going to have to wander in the wilderness with these very people for 40 years. The very ones that caused his inheritance to be put on hold for the best years of his life. From 40 to 80... 
In other words, every day he's going to have to look at these very people that aborted 40 years of his life. I wonder, he's like, if it wasn't for you, I'd be over there in the milk and honey. Wasn't for you, I would be walking in my inheritance. And you, and you, and you, and you. I didn't do anything wrong, God. I stood for you. I spoke for you, God. Why me? I wonder if he's saying, I wish you'd just hurry up and die so I could go on in. That's what God said. You're going to wait until they all die. But can you imagine? See, a right spirit, a right spirit survives time. Maybe you're here tonight. And you're suffering because of someone else's sin or rebellion. And it's not fair. But what's so... Caleb didn't become twisted up. Their disobedience didn't decay his spirit. See, how do you know, Pastor? Because in Joshua 14, 8, the Bible says, He he still calls them my brethren. Forty years later, he says, my brethren. Forty years What about your, do you allow other people to sour your spirit? Maybe you got a good spirit, but things don't work out the way you planned. And 40 years of your destiny is put on hold. Do you still have a good spirit? Or do you allow the disappointments in time and the failures of other people to turn you sour? And bitter and once you had a good spirit. But now you've become just like the very people that you once stood against. It's possible. Very possible. It's amazing to me. But you see, when you have a right spirit, you can survive the offenses of life. You can survive. These people wanted to stone him. It's what they said. Let's stone Joshua and Caleb. Stone them with stones. And now you're going to rub shoulders with them. Some Bible scholars feel no doubt he would have even served these people in that 40 year period because he was a leader. See, a good spirit will survive the wilderness seasons of life. Cost him 40 years. And he served those people because that's what people with the right spirit do. How's your spirit tonight? What if God could walk up and down these aisles, and he does, what kind of definition would he put on your spirit? I want to close tonight. Having a good spirit is critical for longevity with God. Everyone with a bad spirit died in the wilderness. Joshua 14, 10. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going in and coming out. 
Now therefore give me this mountain that God spoke to me in that day. He said, the Lord kept me alive. He's not just talking physically. But here's a man after 40 plus years, um, because he had a right spirit, he said, while all these other people are falling, all these other people are stumbling, all these people are crashing and burning in life, um, all these people are falling to sin and temptation and diversions, uh, he said, God kept me alive. Not only did he keep me, I'm as vibrant today as I was when I was a middle-aged man. He said, I'm as strong. My vision and my, give me that mountain. I've lost none of my faith. I've lost none of my passion for my inheritance. That 40 years did not steal my vision for what God can do in my life. That's the fruit. And that is the blessing. A man who has the right spirit. Can you give God praise? If you maintain a good, right spirit, God will keep you alive. God will keep you alive. God will keep you alive. Not only that, you will acquire your spiritual inheritance. Acquiring What God has for you is very much dependent upon your spirit. Numbers 14, 24. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, I will bring him into the land where he went. How different this is than those who had a bad spirit. Verse 29. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness, all of you. 14.23, They certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. This explains now how gifted many times, intelligent, talented people never seize their inheritance. They may have all this gifting and you wonder, you look at them in amazement as they wander in the wilderness, year in, year out, year in, year out, it's because their spirit's not right. And those people invariably, they never seem to get it. They're always blaming somebody. It's your fault. I'm not going in. But the truth is, it's your spirit. And God says, I'm not letting you go into my inheritance with that kind of mood and mindset. Not only that, Caleb seems to be the only one who totally expelled the giants and the enemy from the land. That mountain was a mountain where the giants lived. And the Bible says, um, God gave Hebron to Caleb. This word Hebron, it's a place, it's it's where Abraham, it's a place of intimate relationship with God. Listen, it's the place where Abraham, after Lot separated himself from Abraham, and Abraham built an altar, and God came and said, count the stars if you can. That's going to be everywhere the sole of your foot shall trod. 
That's um, the place I'm going to. This Hebron, this is the place where when God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, I can't keep this from my friend Abraham. And he came down and met him in the tent. Listen, listen, if you'll have a right spirit, uh, this is the key uh, to having intimate relationship with God. This is the key to God like Abraham coming down and speaking to you. This is the key to God saying, look, I'm going to give you count the stars, the dust of the earth, Sam to the sheep for seashore. I'm going to give you a seed that's going to fill the earth, Abraham. Listen, if you've got a right spirit, God will give you your inheritance. Um, and not only that, he'll give you fruitfulness in this text uh, that I read he said Caleb I'm not only going to because you have a different spirit uh, I'm not just going to give you the place where the sole of your foot uh, trod but he says I'm going to your descendants shall inherit it in other words what he's saying if you have a right spirit It's a fruitful spirit. Not only are you going to have something to pass on, but you're going to have someone to pass it on to. And then God said, uh, the Bible says, uh, and the land had rest from the war. A right spirit is a spirit. You'll have peace, man. There'll be spiritual peace in your soul. There's something about just having a good, right spirit, um, having a right heart toward God and people that God gives you victory. He gives you inheritance. Uh, He'll keep you alive when others fall and they may look at you in amazement. Why is that one still walking? Um, uh, He's not as smart as I am. He's not as clever as I am. Uh, He's not as good. And because their spirit's right like Caleb. uh, And God says, not only that, I'm going to give you peace in your heart many people have no spiritual peace they have no peace of mind or soul you know why because they got a they got a bad spirit ever get around people with a bad spirit they're always tormented they're always uptight they're always aggravated they're frustrated they're complaining about somebody they're criticizing something uh, and they live in that arena and there's no peace there there's no fruitfulness there there's no inheritance there I ask you tonight, very simple message. What kind of spirit do you have? What kind of spirit? Is your spirit filled with faith and the possibilities of God? You have this this view, God has my goodness in his heart. You're not thinking, God brought us out here to kill us. Better to go back. We better die in the wilderness. Better die as a sinner than here in the door. Strange. And God, God's heart's breaking. They're breaking the heart of God. He says, how often will they reject me? How many miracles do I have to do? How much do I have to do for them? How many times do I have to prove myself before they quit rejecting me? And their bad spirit caused them to be nothing but a carcass in the wilderness of life. What kind of spirit do you have? Because it's contagious. What kind of spirit? 
Do you have a different spirit than those in the world? At work, if we came to your place of employment, would other people say, you know what? This, this sister, man, she's, she's different. This man, he, he's different. We went to your school, your, your place of employment, your business, people you know, your family. What would they say? Listen, 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 listen. Your spirit so many times determines your favor from God. Your spirit determines inheritance or wilderness. Your spirit determines fruitfulness or barrenness. Your spirit determines peace or turmoil. What kind of spirit do you have this evening? I ask you to bow your head with me. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.